Father, tonight we just pray for your help and for your anointing upon your word. Lord, I pray you would show us in with yourself and that you would speak to hearts in this room. Lord, we need the Spirit of God to quicken your word. Lord, to open hearts, to open eyes, and to open ears supernaturally by your almighty power. So, Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you'd come among us tonight, that Jesus would be lifted up and glorified in this house, and there would be sinners that would be saved by the grace of God. We ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seats. Praise the Lord. Amen. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. I want to speak tonight, the title is Born for Such a Time as This. I want you to listen carefully if you could, because I believe these are very important days that we're living in. And we have come to a time in, in, in the ages, if you like, we have come to a very critical moment in history. I believe it's, it's quite a remarkable time. I believe that Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. It's not to be fulfilled. It is being fulfilled in our generation. What you're seeing, what you're witnessing around you, what you see on your televisions, what's coming through, we are actually living in the unfolding of prophetic offense. And the signs of the end of the world are quite evident around us. And that was one of the questions that the disciples asked the Lord Jesus Christ on the Mount of Olives. What is the sign of the end of the world? There is an end to all of this. Very clearly they asked the question of the Lord um, on the Mount of Olives. What is the sign, the indication, what should we look for when it comes to the end of the world? And so we look to scripture tonight, we don't look to the opinions of men or what thoughts are, we just simply look at the word of God, it's very clear that we are now living in a time where we are approaching the glorious event, that is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is a wonderful event that is upon us, that could happen at any moment, that could happen tonight, that could happen before this service ends, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We remember when he ascended from the Mount of Olives and the angel said, this same Jesus shall return in like fashion. He's coming again just as he went. That's the promise. That's the hope that we have as the church of Jesus Christ. Daniel prophesies concerning the last days. In Daniel chapter 12, the verse 1, he says there that at that time Michael will stand up, the great prince would standeth for the children of thy people. And he speaks of a time of trouble. There will be a time of trouble on the earth. Such as never was a nation even to that same time. The last days will indicate a time of great trouble. That the world has really never witnessed before. And we are living in a world that's in turmoil. We see the chaos. We see the, the pestilence, the wars, the rumors of wars will come to that in a moment. But we're seeing all of these prophetic events that now they're unfolding before us in our generation. This is actually a very exciting time if you're if you're a Christian. I'm just getting some feedback. Uh, Jonathan, if you could drop me down there. 
And this is an exciting time for the church of Jesus Christ. There is a time of trouble that will come. Daniel prophesies that it will be a time that has never been seen before, hasn't been witnessed before, such as never there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, when that time of trouble comes, Daniel prophesies that, that at that time thy people, the people of God, will be delivered. And everyone that shall be found written in the book, that book is the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. If your name is written, we sang it tonight, and so God we did, because our names are written in heaven. And thank God that our name, there's a new name can be written down in heaven tonight. Your name can be in heaven tonight. Your name might be in many things, but I tell you the one the most important thing where your name needs to be is written in the Lamb's book of life. And so we see that there will be a time of trouble just before the great deliverance that it comes. That is when Christ comes for the church to deliver the church, to deliver the people that, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 4, Jesus responds to the questions of the disciples as they inquire of the Lord. And he said, take heed that no man deceive you, don't be deceived. For many shall come in the name, my name, I am, and saying, I am the Christ, and they will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you be not troubled, for all these things must, they must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places we read these scriptures so often but they're more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper they tell us and show us and indicate to us of the time that will come on the earth to be a time of trouble like never seen and we have seen it now over the past even 100 years it's not just in the last six months or the last few years or even just from the turn of the last century where we've seen the iraq wars and so forth but we have lived now over in this last 100 years, because the day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years a day. But in this last 100 years, our world has seen unimaginable events and wars. First World War, Second World War, chaos. Daniel also speaks of an increase in knowledge. Uh, we have seen in the last 100 years, like just over 100 years ago, we were still in horse and cart. Now we are flying in planes and rockets and go up into the space. The, ex the explosion of knowledge that has come just in the past 100 years is, is just unthinkable. If you could get your great-grandfather to come in here and walk this aisle tonight, they would just be absolutely shocked at the advancement of technology and knowledge. Mm -hmm. They couldn't begin to grasp or understand how quickly that we've gone from from just going around on a horse, if you were if you were fortunate, if you were wealthy, but now the explosion of where we have come to, we don't think about it because it, it's all natural to us. It just happens. I suppose if you're a younger person being born up into this, well, that's just the way it is. That's what we have. These are the things we have at our disposal. But yet in all of that, there is a fulfillment of biblical Bible prophecy that there will be an increase of knowledge. And here it is. We're living in this generation. The coming of the Lord could take place at any moment. It is imminent. And yet there are so many not expecting his return. That is one of the things that he said. That we're to be ready. 
That because most people will not be expecting his return, they're not living their lives as though Christ is about to come. And as it was in the days of Sodom and as it was in the days of Noah, they carried on eating and drinking and marrying. They, they weren't expecting the judgment of God to come. But he is coming. Amen. No, he is coming. And so we read of these unfolding events, earthquakes. The Bible calls these moments of this time of this season the beginning of sorrows. It's like when a woman goes into labor. There's a period of time in the earth when creation is groaning. The change in the earth is not due to a climate change. And that might sound outrageous to the world that we're living in. It's because the earth and creation is groaning for the creator. That's what it is. And they will deliver you to be afflicted. They'll kill you. They'll, you'll be hated. Have you ever come to a time where Christians, believers are hated? Even in the Western world and today, even in our own nation, how Christians are detested and hated for the name of Christ. And then shall many be offended and betray one another, shall hate one another. Jesus says, many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. That's a sign of the last days. And there are many false prophets today, many. And iniquity will, arrive, will, will abound. There'll be a rise of iniquity, wickedness. And that's another indication of the last days, the rise of wickedness. It hasn't been like this before. The explosion of homosexuality and, and perversion and, and, and all, the, all the immorality that we're seeing on our streets and the abortion and everything. Brothers and sisters and friends tonight, these are the signs of the times that the disciples said, what will be the end of the world? When will it come? There will be a rise in wickedness. And because of that many, the love of many will wax cold. Jesus says, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And this is what Jesus said, and then shall the end come. There's an end of all of this. This doesn't go on forever. There's actually an end. Now what is most remarkable and why I put the context of that in the message tonight is. Just think about this for a moment. You, you and, and me. We could be living in the last generation. You could be born Concerning these prophetic events, your life, you've been born in this time. You've been born for such a time as this. You are in a generation that are seeing the prophetic events that the Bible tells us of. The disciples sat on the Mount of Olives and asked, and the prophets prophesied of and looked for. But you and I have been born in a generation that most likely, I believe, could see and witness the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. You've been born. You have been born naturally. You've been born for such a time as this. You've been brought into this world for this particular time. And you could be the generation. And if it's not in my time, I believe it certainly will be in the younger person's generation. You will see the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Friends, he's coming again. 
The dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain at his coming will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. That's the hope of the church. In Mark chapter 13 and verse 14, Jesus says, But in those days after the tribulation, the time of trouble, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give light, and the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. There will be an unbelievable movement in the whole of the galaxies. <coughs> the sun and the moon and the stars. There will be a display. We're being told there's a display of meteorites at the minute that you can see. But that is nothing to the display that's going to come. That lights up the galaxies as Jesus Christ comes again. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. I'm going to turn this off, sorry, I'm getting a lot of feedback. And then shall they see the Son of Man come in the clouds with great power and great glory. He's coming in the clouds. At this time, at this moment, at this hour, in this generation, you have been born for such a time as this. You're not a mistake. You actually have been born for such a time as this. This verse that I'm quoting as a title, of course, goes back into the Old Testament. Many of you will know it of Esther and, 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 and Esther, who was the queen, and she had a privileged position in the palace. And at that time, God's people, the Jews, where there was a plot, there was a plan to exterminate the Jews, to wipe the Jews out by a man called Haman. He is a, is a type of the devil, of the Antichrist, whatever you want to say, but he had a purpose to destroy the people of God. Esther had a privileged position. She was brought into the palace. The king, she had a privileged position to go into the king and to make intercession, if you like, or to make her petition known for God's people. But at this time, she was in the palace, but she didn't understand what her purpose was. And there are many people, and some even in this room tonight, that you're in the house of God, but you don't understand the purpose of God for your life. You come to the house of God, you sit in the presence of God, but you don't understand what your purpose is. What God's purpose is for your life. And Esther, in many respects, she was unaware of her purpose. But she had an uncle, Mordecai, who could see. He had vision. He could see the, the, the plan of the enemy, but the purpose of God. And he encouraged Esther, saying to her that you need to go into the king. You need to make petition. You need to enter in. And she had to make a decision. And that phrase that she used, if I perish, I perish. But she entered into the purpose of God because she believed that she was born for the kingdom at such a time as this. She got the revelation, why am I here? Why am I born? What is the purpose of my life? And friends, tonight, there is simply, I want you to follow this with me. Sorry, there's a lot of activity, but just keep the focus. There are simply two groups of people in this room tonight. Two. Simply two. There are those that are saved 
and are born again have come into the purpose of God through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ and there are those that are lost, they're not saved. There's not Protestant and Catholic and, and Jew and, 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 and Hindu and Muslim. There's simply two people. You're either saved or you're lost. Yeah. That's simply it. It's so simple. It's not complicated. But those that are saved, and I love this verse. I quote it often, but this is probably one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. But those that are saved, this is what the Bible says about us. He has delivered us. From the power of darkness, Amen. he's translated us Amen. into the kingdom of his own dear son. In whom we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Amen. That is awesome. I mean, that is an amazing verse. He has translated us. He first of all delivers us out of the power, listen carefully, the powers of darkness. If you're saved tonight, you have been delivered from the powers of darkness. But not only delivered, you have been translated from darkness into the kingdom of his own dear son. And you have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. That's the gospel. But there's another group that sit here. And you have not been delivered from the power of darkness. Now that might shock you. That might make you feel uncomfortable, but I want to tell you the truth. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 3, and I want you to listen carefully. And may God, the Holy Spirit, take his word and penetrate it into your heart. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 3, But if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You're lost. Remember, there's only two types of people here. The saved and the lost. And if the gospel's hid to you being lost, then the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Now I want to tell you, I want you to listen carefully. There's an active work of the God of this world. That is blind in your mind that you will not believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into your heart. The God of this world. Are you not interested? If you're not saved tonight, you might think it's because you're making your own choices and your own decisions and you have your own reasoning. But actually what the Bible says is, it's the God of this world that's blind in your mind. Now I want you to listen carefully. I think you should know this. The God of this world is also known as the prince of the power of the earth. He's known as the spirit that worketh now in the children of disobedience. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. The Bible tells us he's the prince of this world. In Revelation 12 and 9, he's called the great dragon. He's the old serpent. He's called the devil. He's called Satan. And his purpose is to deceive the whole world. So there's two groups of people here tonight. There are those that are saved, have been delivered, have been translated, have been redeemed, praise the Lord, and they've got the forgiveness of sin. God wants everyone to be saved in this room, every single person. He wants you to be saved. But there's a spiritual battle going on in your mind and it's by the God of this world. 
He blinds the mind so that you cannot see and you will not believe. The purpose of God is to save you, to give you faith that you would repent of your sin and put your trust in Jesus, that you're born again of the Spirit of God and you're called according to the purpose and you understand, why am I born? Why am I born? And so in your heart or in your mind tonight, there may be a whole list of reasons in this house for those that are lost. There may be a whole list of reasons why you're not saved. You may give me all the different reasons all day. It might be as long as your arm. Some might say I'm too young. Some might say I'm too old. Some might say I'm too bad. I'm too wicked. Some might say I don't want to be a Christian because it's boring. Some might say I don't need to get saved. Some might say I'm trusting in my religion. I'm a good, I'm a good Anglican. I'm a good Methodist. I'm a good Catholic. Some might say it's not real. It's not for me. It's not, it's, I'm a good person. I want to do it the way I want to do it. I'll do it someday. Some would say, I just want to enjoy my sin. But see, every reason that you give me, it's simply because it's the God of this world that's blinding your mind. That's not why you're saved what you say. You're not saved because the God of this world is blinding your mind in case you believe he's opposing you getting saved. This is a spiritual meeting. This is a spiritual conflict. This is not just a wee Sunday night get together, but there's a spiritual conflict for your soul. Yeah. If any man reaches, or any woman, reaches out beyond the conflict that's in the mind, and reaches beyond that in faith, reaching out to touch the Lord, in an instant they can be gloriously and wondrously sealed by the grace of God. They can be delivered out of the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his own dear son, and come into the purpose of God. Amen. I mean, this is exciting. Sometimes some people think it's boring because they look at Christians, and they say it's boring because they look bored. But I'm not bored. Amen. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Amen. Friends, tonight... There's a power of darkness that's working in your mind to prevent you from coming into the purpose of God. You've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. There's Esther's in this room, there's demons in this room, and you're in this house, but you're not in the purpose of God. You haven't taken the faith, the step that God has wooing you to do, but the devil's planted into your head a thousand reasons why you shouldn't. Translated, God will place in your heart when you give him your life, give him your all. He'll put his desire in you and he'll put his purpose in you. And I want to tell you, friends, I'm so thankful for it. I wouldn't change anything. The only thing I would change is that I came to the Lord when I was a wee boy and never departed into that world and just lived for him. That's the only thing, but he's washed the sins away. He's forgiven me. He's given me a robe of righteousness. And thank God I can live for him. God will place, what is this we're talking about? This is what it is. I'm explain it. I'm trying to break it down for you to see. Jesus said, except a man be born again. You've been born naturally into this word. You're not a mistake. 
Listen, you can tell me how horrific your background has been, what you were born into, how horrible it may have been or not. I was privileged to be born into a Christian loving family, but that may not be your experience. But I want to tell you, I was born and I'm no mistake, and you were born and you're not a mistake. No matter what you were born into, there's a purpose in God for your life. Now Jesus said you must be born again. That's how you enter into the purpose of God. There's the new birth. This is crucial. It's not coming to church as much as that. I believe that's absolutely vital for a believer. It's not just about sitting in meetings, but it's being born of the Spirit of God and entering into the fullness of what God has for your life. Naturally, you were born of the flesh. There's a day, there's a time, there's a date, you have a birth certificate. Everybody in this room, you you were born. Honestly, you were born. You were born, there's a birth certificate. It has your, I have a birth certificate. I'm not picking anyone, then I'll pick it myself. I have a birth certificate. I was born on the 8th of June, 1973. I know you can't believe it, I live much younger. But that's when I was born. And it says on that birth certificate, my father and my mother are sitting here tonight. And I'm sure, out of the four of us, when they picked me up, they went, he is the cutest one out of them all. <laughs> I, I'm no doubt. I used to be tiny. I know you can't believe that. I was as small as we Emmy. And I'm sure, I know I was there, but I can't remember it. But I'm nearly sure I can hear my mom saying, he's the cutest one out of everyone. And when my dad came in and he lifted me up and he went, look at this one. He's a cracker. <laughs> I was born. I was born. That's my mother. And that's my father. I was birthed. And I have a certificate. I have a birth certificate. I was a boy. There's boys and there's girls. Yes. It doesn't change. They might mess all that up, friends. But you're either born a boy or you're born a girl. And whatever else is going on in the spirit of this age that's telling you you're trapped in something else, I'm going to tell you it's the devil. It's a lying spirit. You were born a boy. Or you were born a girl. You were born into this world. And your name was put on a certificate. And you have that proof. That's when you were born. You're born naturally. And the spiritual, it's so important. Because Jesus said a man must be, or a woman must be born again. To come into the purpose of God, you must be born again. Why? Really? The Bible says there is a spiritual experience that happens through faith and repentance in Christ. When Christ comes into your heart, when by faith you trust in him and receive the gift of salvation, a man or a woman is born again. There's a spiritual experience. And the Bible says if you're in Christ, he's a new creature and old things pass away and everything becomes new. You come into the purpose of God. You're changed by the power of God. He puts his desires in your heart. And you come into the purposes of God. You're born again. Do you know what happens? Do you know why your name is written down on a piece of paper in, in the Jubilee City Hospital? But your name's written in heaven. Amen. 
the date and the hour that you were saved. And they write your name, I believe it. It's just my belief that it's written in blood and glory. That's the born again experience. He's a new creature. Jesus says that our names are written in heaven. Hebrews says to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven. Thank God my name's in heaven. It's in the book. But the power of darkness, listen carefully, the power of darkness, the devil, the God of this world, Satan, the prince of this world will do everything to oppose your spiritual birth. He'll plant every lie that he possibly can. You know, maybe sitting here, you might be looking up, looking out, and looking down. But I want to tell you the reason why you're disinterested is because the power of darkness is overtaking your mind. This is serious. You've been brought to the kingdom, and you've been brought to this meeting for such a time as this. It's very important. In history, as the world is changing rapidly, and the signs of the coming of Christ are evidently all around us, that this is a critical hour. What a time to get saved. I tell you, friend, what a time to get saved. What a time to live for God. What an exciting moment in history to live your life for Jesus. But Satan's going to oppose the spiritual births in this house. Right now, in this meeting, He's already opposing minds of thoughts whose thoughts haven't just happened as the fiery darts of the wicked one to stop you getting saved, to stop the spiritual birth. It reminds us, of course, because, listen carefully, it reminds us, of course, of a story, an account in Scripture of a time when the enemy would seek to thwart or abort the purposes of God by the slaughter of of the Hebrew children in Egypt. You remember it was a time when, when, when Israel were under great bondage and they were building and they were laboring for Pharaoh and all manner of service and, and they were increasing even though Pharaoh was trying to crush them and the enemy was against them. And as Exodus 1, you can read it there in verse 15, that the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew wives, midwives, and said to them, for those that hold the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, when you see those sons, those Jewish sons coming on the stools, the first thing, once you recognize that it's a son, you slaughter that son. You abort the son. If it's a daughter, you shall live. It was just simply to prevent them from growing. I want to tell you something, friend. I believe that this world is an antichrist world. And you know what it wants to do? And I just say this. It wants to destroy manhood. It wants to destroy the fact that there is a man and there is a woman. It wants to take that away from us. And so Pharaoh says, if it's a son to those midwives, you get that son and you kill him. But know what the Bible says? It says that the midwives feared the Lord. And they did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But you know what they did? They saved the men children alive. They knew they feared God. These women feared the Lord. They feared the Lord. There was a purpose in that birth. They maybe did not grasp everything of the greater plan of what God was doing. 
But when we read back and we look at it in history, what a stand for God they made. What an amazing moment in time. They were brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. They were saving the man. They were saving the children. Why? They were bursting. Listen to me, friend. They were bursting conquerors. They were actually bursting men and women that were going to go through a wilderness and enter into Canaan under Joshua and they were going to go into the purpose of God and pull down Jericho's and destroy giants and possess the land. They feared the Lord. I want to tell you friends tonight it is the enemy's purpose to oppose the birthing of souls in this room. It is the enemy to destroy the young men and the young women that sit among us to destroy the purpose of God that God has for them. But friends, tonight we stand between the living and the dead. God wants to bring you forth, to birth you, to be born of the Spirit of God, to stand in this ark because you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. You have one life to live. You have one life to live. But live this life for Jesus. Don't let the enemy destroy your purpose. Hold you captive in a place of darkness because what he wants to do is to destroy your life and bring you to a lost sinner's hell. But what God wants to do is to save you and live a life for him and when he comes to be caught up to meet him in the earth. We stand between the living and the dead. The powers of darkness, the God of this world. That is against those in this room that are not saved. That you come to the knowledge and the grace of Jesus Christ through faith and repentance to be born. And the midwives are the children of God in this room praying that you be born. Because we fear the Lord. And the enemy said, destroy them at birth. I tell you, as Brian often prays it, I prayed over this message and say, Lord, may they be well born, born delivered, and born on fire for Jesus. The calling is clear. I believe tonight, for those that are in this room, there's only two groups of people. There's only two groups of people. There's the saved. Are you glad to be saved? Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be saved. Are you saved? Or you're lost? And the reason that you give me is not your reason. It's the God of this world that has deceived you in your mind. That you don't believe that you need to get saved. But the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit, penetrates into that heart. And if you tonight know that God's calling you, all I can encourage you is, we'll pray with you. As the midwives, we'll pray with you. To see you birthed into the kingdom, but respond to this great gift of salvation. Turn to Jesus. You've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. What an hour. What a day to be saved and serving Jesus. I encourage you tonight. Come to the Lord. Let's pray together.